It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines. There's more chaos on the streets as protesters carry out their promise to continue disruption for a second day. The chief executive rules out closing schools or calling off polls as she insists normal life must continue. And overseas, massive bushfires threaten more communities across New South Wales. Police have retreated after firing tear gas outside City University in Kowloon Tong, where protesters put down paving stones and debris to block Cornwall Street near Tatchi Avenue. Anti-government activists are responding to a second day of calls to disrupt transport, with train services affected and several roads blocked around Hong Kong. Our reporter, Francis Sitt, was outside the university. Riot police first fire tear gas, rubber bullets and beanbag rounds outside City University in Kowloon Tong at around 7.30am after protesters set up roadblocks to disrupt traffic. The junction of Cornwall Street and Tachi Avenue was covered with bricks and other objects, paralysing nearby traffic. As police arrived, police protesters stood on guard on a footbridge over the road, defending themselves with umbrellas and throwing bricks at officers. Riot police soon left and protesters again set up and reinforced the roadblocks, toppling trees onto the road. Students also brought more objects from their dormitories to defend themselves. Police then returned at around 10.30am and fired more tear gas, warning protesters they were joining an illegal assembly. But they retreated after a swift operation. The fourth-year City University student says she joined the protesters to defend her university after waking up to the smell of tear gas in her halls of residence. I just woke up and I... It's, there is full of tear gas in our whole area, and but we have to do nothing. I think they, uh, the police is, they just hate students and they go to different campus without uh, a reasonable reason. Protesters have thrown objects including chairs and tables from a footbridge outside the University of Hong Kong, blocking Pokfilam Road. Professor Matthew Evans, HKU's Dean of Science, emerged from the campus to speak face-to-face with some protesters, whom he said were his students. He urged them to return to campus to continue the conversation. Will you please come with us into the campus and sit down with us and have a safe, sensible conversation about how we end this? I know you don't want to lose face among your friends, but what is the bigger thing? What is the bigger thing? Is the bigger thing standing here and chucking a rock at a policeman or saying, I don't need to do that? I am bigger than that. I am better than that. I will be one of the people who tries to solve the problem. The protesters remained on the bridge but stopped throwing objects. In the past hour, thousands of people have gathered for a second day of lunchtime protests in Central, blocking the junction of Duro Road Central and Pedder Street. In Mongkok, protesters have deflated tyres on several buses, causing severe delays. Train services are disrupted, particularly on the East Rail Line. There were reports of someone throwing a petrol bomb near Hong Kong Station. And passengers had to walk back to Sha Tin after their train was stuck en route to Taiwei due to objects on the trucks. Sai Wen Ho, Prince Edward, Mong Kok and Kwai Fong stations are all closed. The chief executive says the government is still planning to go ahead with the district council elections due in less than two weeks' time. Several academics, business people and former top officials have placed a full-page advertisement in newspapers calling on the government to ensure the elections run smoothly. 
Before the weekly Executive Council meeting, Mrs Lam also said there were no plans to suspend schools because of the unrest. She said Hong Kong people cannot allow the protests to bring the territory to a standstill. Up to now, we still hope to hold this election and we'll try our best. This is a very important election because there are four million people's rights that we need to protect and to respect. However, these residents said school closures should be considered for the sake of people's safety. I do think the kids shouldn't be going to school if there would be tear gases. And uh, we all knew this possibility. So I don't think that it's a right choice to still keep the school going on. I don't think it's Carrie Lam makes any good decisions. I think the school should make their own minds up. Depends on their own particular situation. Some of these things happen in particular areas and you know in advance roughly where it's going to be. So the school should take that knowledge. Maybe ask the police for their advice. They seem to be taking all the decisions at the moment. Actually, I think school should be suspended because many unexpected things happen suddenly. For example, if the kids go to school in the morning, but suddenly riot police and citizens nearby get into a conflict, then things can be chaotic when kids go home after school. Police have classified as attempted murder the case of a man set on fire yesterday after he apparently confronted protesters in Man Shan. In a statement early this morning, police said a 57-year-old man was seriously injured in the incident on a footbridge on Ononchin Street. Horrific video shows someone throwing liquid onto the man and setting him alight. Police are still searching for the suspect. The United States has expressed grave concern over the increasingly violent situation here and called for for restraint by both security forces and protesters. In a statement, a State Department spokeswoman said the US condemned violence on all sides. The pro-democracy lawmaker Kenneth Leung says he was surprised and alarmed to see that police seemed more willing to draw their guns on protesters yesterday in the worst day of violence in five months of anti-government protests. A 21-year-old, apparently unarmed student, was shot in the stomach and is in intensive care. Mr Leung says the public is owed an explanation. I do thought that there is an escalation of violence. The policemen were more willing to draw their revolver out to point at protesters. Even there is no imminent threat of violence. I think this is quite surprising to me and and it's alarming. I think the police need to explain the reason why the conduct was so happened. The Internet Society of Hong Kong is appealing for donations to fund a judicial review of a court injunction which they say blocks free speech online. The High Court issued the interim injunction on October the 31st, banning anyone from posting information online that encourages or incites violence. The Society says its provisions are vague, overly broad and threaten freedom of expression. Lokman Choi, a Chinese university journalism professor, said that the injunction was part of a wider trend. This injunction is a larger part of a larger trend of, of uh, you know, like where uh, uh, political parties from from pro Beijing, especially, are trying to stifle speech uh, on the internet uh, and also in society, uh, and, and and so you know, calling for more regulation on you know, quote unquote, fake news and so on and so on. And so this is not just one small injunction, you know, that's going to end very soon. You know, like it could be extended. You know, it's unclear. You know, if they can do it once, they can do it twice, and it's part of a much larger trend that's going on right now. And so we need to stop it. Uh, now rather than uh, let it grow and fester. 
Turning overseas, hundreds of schools and colleges across the Australian state of New South Wales have been closed as the region prepares to deal with potentially catastrophic bushfires. Shane Fitzsimmons is the head of the Rural Fire Service. We plan for these sorts of days, uh, but we always hope they never come. Uh, we are planned, uh, we are, we are uh, escalated uh, to a heightened level of standby and readiness in anticipation of anything that might break out today. Uh, we've got just in the order of 3,000 uh, firefighters either deployed or on standby today, uh, as well as many thousands of other uh, police and emergency services personnel uh, that will be conducting critical roles in support of the firefighters and the firefighting effort. We, we, we can expect uh, pretty significant fires to develop. We've already got significant fires burning up on the north coast of New South Wales. Mexico has announced it's granted asylum to the ousted Bolivian president, Evo Morales. The Mexican foreign minister, Marcelo Ebrard, said Mr Morales' life was in danger in Bolivia, where unrest is continuing after his resignation on Sunday. Les informo. I inform you that a few moments ago I received a phone call from President Evo Morales where he responded to our invitation and asked verbally and formally for political asylum in our country. Under the terms of the current legislation, the Mexican Foreign Ministry, with the prior opinion of the Ministry of the Interior in the voice of Secretary Olga Sanchez Cordero, has decided to grant Mr Morales political asylum for humanitarian reasons and by virtue of the emergency situation he faces in Bolivia, where his life and integrity are at risk. President Trump has described the departure from office of the Bolivian leader as a significant moment for democracy. Global health charities say pneumonia kills more children than any other disease, claiming a life every 39 seconds. A joint statement by the UN Children's Agency and five other groups says 800,000 children died of the preventable lung disease last year. They called it a forgotten epidemic. The BBC's Mayeni Jones reports from the worst affected country, Nigeria. According to UNICEF's latest analysis, 19% of child deaths in 2018 in Nigeria were due to pneumonia. The lung disease was also the biggest killer of children under five the previous year. The UN agency says causes of child pneumonia in Nigeria include malnutrition, indoor air pollution from burning charcoal, as well as outdoor air pollution. Pneumonia is an infection that affects the lungs, filling them with fluid or pus. Besides Nigeria, four of the countries are responsible for more than half of global child pneumonia deaths. This includes India, Pakistan, the Democratic Republic of Congo and Ethiopia. The World Bank is to stop paying for vocational education in Xinjiang following claims the money was being used to fund repression. Hundreds of thousands of Muslim Uyghurs have been detained in what China says are vocational training centres. The World Bank said an investigation found no link between its money and the Xinjiang detention facilities, but it was ending its funding anyway. In financial news, Hong Kong markets regulator has fined the Swiss banking giant UBS $400 million for overcharging customers globally for more than a decade and failing to act in the best interests of clients. The Securities and Futures Commission said the company manipulated the price of trades for bonds and structured products from 2008 to 2015 and charged some clients excessive fees between 2008 and 2017. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 26,941, that is 15 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $36 billion. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 109.12 yen, the euro stands at 1 US dollar and 10 cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 6 cents. Sport now, here's Atom Chung.
We start in the NBA, where a stellar fourth-quarter performance from James Harden saw the Houston Rockets get past the New Orleans Pelicans. Harden finished with 39 points, including 13 straight in the final quarter, to help Houston win 122 to 116. Clint Capella dominated the glass, grabbing 20 rebounds in the win. Russell Westbrook added 26 points. The Rockets have won four in a row. Elsewhere, Kemba Walker had 29 points in Boston's 116-106 victory over Dallas. Walker helped the Celtics pull away in the fourth by dropping three buckets from beyond the arc. Boston have won eight in a row since losing their opening game. On to cricket now. The West Indies have swept Afghanistan 3-0 thanks to a century from Shea Hope. The BBC's Paul Saras reports. Opening batsman Shea Hope struck an unbeaten century as West Indies beat Afghanistan by five wickets in the third One Day International to complete a three-nil series win. Hope made 109 and built crucial partnerships, including an unbeaten 71-run stand with Roston Chase, who was 42 not out, to anchor West Indies' chase of 250 with eight balls to spare in Lucknow. The wicketkeeper batsman completed his seventh ODI hundred as West Indies, under new limited overs cap. Kieran Pollard recorded their first ODI whitewash since 2014. Paceman Kimo Paul played a key role in the win, returning figures of three for 44 in Afghanistan's 249 for seven. World number one Rafael Nadal has dropped his opening match at the ATP Tennis Finals. Nadal lost his first group match in straight sets against last year's champion Alexander Zverev. The BBC's Russell Fuller has details. First Federer, now Nadal. Two players with 39 Grand Slam titles between them, beaten on the opening two nights at the O2 Arena in London. Like Dominic Team the night before, Zverev played aggressively and served superbly, and regularly at over 140 miles an hour if the speed gun is to be trusted. Nadal's recent stomach muscle injury looks to have cleared up, but perhaps restricted practice left him ill-equipped to counter Zverev's excellence. Both Nadal and Federer can still qualify for the semi-finals, as this is a round-robin competition. But Nadal's hold on the world number one ranking now looks a little more shaky. Roger Federer has no room for another slip-up when he plays the Italian Matteo Berrettini tonight. The Swiss will likely need to beat both Berrettini and Novak Djokovic in his final group match in order to reach the last four. And that's your look at sports. To end the news, a reminder of our top stories: there's more chaos on the streets as protesters carry out their promise to continue to cause disruption for a second day. The chief executive rules out closing schools or calling off the district council elections as she insists that normal life must continue. And in Australia, massive bushfires continue to threaten more communities across the state of New South Wales. And that's the news from RTHK. Radio Three. All the ladies to the dance. Oh yeah. Left the roof off, I'm a winner. Now my neck froze, I'm a winner. We could go up with the lights down low. Girl, it's too hot to keep on these clothes. Pom pom shorts with the Louis. Wind up your waist and we Gucci. In the taxi, but I'm sure you prefer the rolls, so we could get changed in the backseat. 'Cause it's summertime and you know it's too hot for 
seen a pang ting ting so fly. I bet you dance in the mirror like boop 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 doop. All alone with you, tempted to touch. Bad and bad, good and no 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 no. That's all I drink. I'm gon' chase it with you. Clothes are scattered around on the floor, but all I remember is is that you came to the club in the taxi. But I'm sure you prefer the road, so we could get changed in the backseat. 'Cause it's summertime and you know it's too hot for clothes. Jason Derulo getting us started on this Tuesday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Todd Harding. Yes, I'm back. Can't keep a good man down and all that. Here's Miranda Lambert. They don't have rhinestone ball and chains. We ask them, they both agree we should put him through it. 